0: Back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next. .tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to noon, our new one-hour format uh, podcast. We're really glad to be here with you today. Uh, sponsored by the Cominius Institute. The Cominius Institute crosses three bridges into culture. That culture is uh, into college, and at our students, uh, helping students at IUPUI think Christianly about their subject areas. And we are grateful for the opportunity to be in community, which is what we do our radio show with every single week, introducing folks around the community to Christian concerns. And our interest is always those Christians who are doing good. So the focus is do good, do good, do good, based on Titus chapter 3, 1, 8, and 14. And then our move into culture, speaking, writing, connecting in lots of different ways, lots of different folks in Indianapolis, around the world, actually, with the kind of work that we're doing. Check us out at Institute.org or go to warpandwoof.org. You're going to find there over a thousand essays, podcasts, video teachings, all different kinds of things, uh, all different things that I think will be helpful in your thinking about life. And don't miss our new Truth in Two series that we started this past year where we give a Christian truth in two minutes via video as well as full text. But you can find all of those things on our YouTube channel, comminiusinstitute.org, warpandwoof.org. Today, we are focusing our attention on the pro-life movement. Next week is the uh, unfortunate anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which of course was uh, a law that was passed by the judiciary, by executive fiat, Uh, we call that. uh, By fiat, we mean Uh, just a hands-down, we're going to tell you what to do uh, kind of approach to judicial law enforcement. And by that fiat in in 1973, uh, basically what we did was we said uh, in America that uh, babies no longer have uh, human rights, they no longer have civil rights, and we will uh, abort them at our leisure. And this is the sadness, over 60 million babies have been killed uh, since uh, Roe v. Wade was instituted in 1973. And here to talk with us about uh, her views on this as well as her participation in the pro-life movement is Kelsey Elmore. Thanks Kelsey so much for joining us here today. We're glad to have you. Happy to be here. So, uh, you were just involved in a march this last weekend and uh, let's probably a nice thing to start off with is your own experience in the pro-life movement as it relates to that march and then we can get to some other issues as, as well.
1: Um, yes, so when you contacted me about being in this, uh, radio show, I was on my way back from the Chicago March for Life, um, that's the third March for Life that I've been in, the one before that was in D.C. last year, um, and then what really got me into the program, what I, I credit with, um, really making me more passionate about the pro-life movement is just a march that I did in Indianapolis, um, probably 11th or 12th grade. Mm. Uh, really small, maybe 50 people. Uh, super cold day, <laughs> um, but y- you you watch the video beforehand and it just lists the number of babies that have died each and every year since Roe v. Wade has been introduced. And I mean, it breaks your heart. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what got me started. And since then it's, you know, I'm a student. Um, So I can't, you know, it's not like my full-time career or anything like that, Um, but, you know, where I can fit it in, when I can have those conversations with people, put it in an assignment or something, um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do.
0: You have uh, been invested at IUPUI now for a number of years. You're actually graduating in May, right? I am. Yeah, look at that big smile (laughs) on this woman's face right here. Uh, She's excited (laughs) about the possibility of graduation. Well, beyond this, of course, when we talk about uh, your investment at IUPUI, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about any kind of interaction that you've had there, whether it be in classes, in papers, uh, perhaps with uh, faculty members or other students. Uh, what has been your engagement at IUPUI?
1: Um, so at IUPUI specifically, it's been a lot of conversations with students bringing up, you know, an in, in ethics course a professor might say something and just kind of like, a nonchalant abortion is a right, you know? And I, I'll stand up and question that, you know? And then students, a student particularly, um, it happened like the first day of class that semester, um, oh, comes up to me afterwards and is like, hey, can I talk to you more about that? And then you, you start that relationship for the rest of the semester and, you know, things come up in class and a student will come to you and be like, what do you think about that? Because they notice that you have an opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Um, that you're not just taking everything in that the professor says like a zombie. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, um, that's been a lot of what I've been doing at IPY. Last semester, I was on National Student Exchange to the University of Idaho, mm-hmm. and there I, I really stepped out. Um, I had to give a presentation and, um, it, it was for, uh, game theory. Mm. Um, and I did it on the Kermit Gosnell case mm. and presented every, <laughs> all of that to its full extent, you know, in the classroom. And, um, you know, even that really took some guts for me. I, sure. that wasn't easy. Right. Um, and then I did get called to the professor's office afterwards. And so that kind of was like, oh, okay. Wow. okay. Um, she ended up handling it really well. Even though she disagreed with me, she was very, I guess you could say accommodating. Um, and the students' response—they didn't really have one. That was interesting. Hmm. Um, it, yeah. it, let's
0: let's just kind of dive into the Gosnell case just for a moment, because mm-hmm. uh, the movie is going to be coming on a DVD. It should be hitting Redbox here right. in the next month or two, uh, as I remember that. Uh, the Gosnell case, for those of you who are watching, uh, actually came to the forefront of. The American uh, culture in what was it 2012? Was that the uh, date of the
1: right? It started the case started in 2012, the case started. it went into 2013. Right, um, he'd been practicing for 30 years.
0: Okay, so just to give you a short summation of what uh, Dr. Gosnell had been doing for these 30 years was aborting children uh, from the womb, and beyond that, uh, the awfulness of the way that he did it, um, the awfulness awfulness of what happened to some of the women, the trauma, the death that took place there. Right. Uh, the awfulness of uh, babies' body parts being put in dumpsters behind the, uh, behind the facility. Or
1: kept as trophies. That or kept
0: as trophies. Yeah. Look, folks, if you, if you really want to uh, engage a CSI kind of approach or a law and order kind of approach, you really need to invest yourself in the Gosnell case. And What's really sad to me, and here's what really gets me about this, we're going to get back to the yeah. march and all of that, yeah. but what really gets me about the Gosnell case is I still remember the picture in my mind. I'm seeing all of the empty seats that were being saved for all of the media outlets. And I'm calling out the New York Times, WAPO, NPR, all of those people and all of those places that say they want to give a fair and balanced treatment or uh, every part of the news is being understood. You all didn't show up at all.
1: It should have been front page news. It should have been (laughs) front page news
0: everywhere. So here you have this doctor who's been doing this for uh, this awfulness that has been taking place uh, during all of this time, Uh, basically uh, being not heard in the the national media. So, for those of you who are not aware, make sure that when the Gosnell movie comes out that you go see it, that you pick it up at Redbox, however it comes out, Netflix, Prime, whatever. Yeah,
1: and even better is the book. If you really want more details, you know, get it on audio or something yeah. like
0: that. The book is always yeah. better, by the always way. Better. Well, like 99% of the time, we will right. we'll put a caveat in there. But nonetheless, uh, make sure to see that, uh, and you'll uh, get a picture of something that you haven't been introduced to before. And quite frankly, the movie uh, is not something that's uh, like a documentary or... No, uh, it's a film. It is yeah. a, it film, a film, a drama, too. yeah. 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 and quite frankly a thriller in the sense that uh, the awfulness of what's going on there
1: and it's not the only film coming out this year like i'm just short advertising, please you know, go but ahead like, there, there's a couple others that people are really trying to get out there for people to watch because you know we know how how much people watch tv <laughs> for better or worse you know this is another avenue and so there's one coming out called unplanned um okay. there's another one called roe v wade okay um All right. Just be keeping your eyes out for that.
0: Very good. And just a a quick holler out uh, to Kirsty in uh, Finland. Thank you so much for watching. Always grateful for your good comments online. Thank you for your participation with us here in the States. Uh, Grateful for that. Uh, Let's continue this conversation as as it relates specifically to your march in Chicago. Uh, Tell us about the numbers, the kinds of folks that you were with, uh, just your experience as a whole.
1: Yeah. so I went up with a bunch of Catholic friends from IPUI. Um, when you go to a march, you'll find that the Catholics really have taken this to heart, and and that's most of what you'll see there. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where the Protestants are. You know, I, I've been talking to, to some people about that. Um, so I went up with a group of them. I've seen a couple different numbers, but it's somewhere between six and 9, thousand people showed. They came from Indiana, Wisconsin, all over Illinois. I think there were some from Michigan um, And we had some really great speakers. you know there were women that came up that had their child in their arms that they almost aborted and, and then didn't. Um, you had other people talking who'd been in this ministry for you know most of their life and um, so it was really great to see and hear them. Um, and then the march itself is—I it. I, I think it really changes people. I, that's mm. what I say: is the the march. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. There's nothing very obvious that it accomplishes aside from impacting the people who are there, right. making them more passionate, more concerned. Mm. Um, it's kind of a PR statement. It just keeps the abortion issue in the limelight, sure. um, in the public eye. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't go because I think necessarily it's going to accomplish a ton. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where, you know, people are like, you know, why do, why do you go? Um, and, like I said, I think it's more for the PR statement as much as anything. There's a, yeah.
0: there's a need, I think, and this goes back to something you and I and the rest of the committee of students have been talking about for all of the years we've been doing this, and that is that there is power in community. Oh yeah, and this concept that comes out again out of Titus, uh, that when you are talking about encouraging other others with sound doctrine, mm-hmm. the key phrase there is encouraging each other. That is, you have to do this in community. Right. Right. So everybody has their communities, I think that's important to recognize, but at the same time, recognizing that that is the communitarian spirit that uplifts us all.
1: It does. It really does. It, it encourages the people that have been in it for a while, It, it and then, you know, you see a ton of young people mm. that come to these marches, you know, who else will go out in the cold and rain? Yeah, right. <laughs> um it was, it was like 16 degrees that morning. Um, and, and so it, it really, I think it helps a lot of young people. Um, so I, I really do appreciate it for that. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I plan to keep going.
0: The experience um, uh, for you, let's, let's come back to the issue yeah. of uh, young Catholics being invested in this, mm-hmm. and older Catholics for that matter as yeah. well. And the, the sadness of not seeing more Protestants, as you suggest, yes. and by Protestants, by the way, everybody, we're t- when we're talking about uh, Protestants, we're talking about most other denominational groups, so Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, mm-hmm. and so on. And tell, tell everybody, Kelsey, the last time uh, you went to the big one in D.C., yeah. uh, your response to this, I remember you came back and talked to me about this. And you said, you know, you saw all these Catholic signs, but, but nobody from, let's say, a Reformed church no, there. No,
1: I, it was, you, you saw a ton of priests, you saw a bunch of signs, um, you know, asking Mary for intercession. Mm. Um, you saw signs from, you know, just high schools would carry their slogan, their their school um, flag or something. And, um, mm. yeah, it was, it was, it seemed like almost all Catholics mm. Um and you you just hear the people around you praying the rosary and um so that was yeah that was kind of disappointing for me and so I came home like you know why is this right um and I think the biggest thing I discovered just in conversation with people is that it's People don't feel like it will work. Mm. They're looking. They they're willing. If you say if you come to them with an idea, you know, well, just just a basic concept, you know. If you come and say to me, "Hey, will you help me uh, take this out to my car?", you know. Well, that's doable. You're sure, like, sure, for sure, yeah. I'll and, and 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 you want to and all of that, but, um, you know, and and so you have all these Christians that are so pro-life, but you say, well, "Hey, will you go on a march with me?", Well, they're like, "Well, what's that gonna do?" <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> so, exactly. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest issues is the way that we're going about fighting the pro-life movement is is ineffectual, in, mm-hmm. um maybe not in the long run. You know, I, I'm as hopeful as the other people that it, you know, this will work, that we will win. Um, I believe that we will, but um, hmm. as far as the method, you know, why are we not running this more like a, a startup business that's trying to get people to to buy their product, you right. know, who will drop grants on colleges and say, "Help us strategize. Help us come up with something that will work," mm-hmm. um, and they do, right? And um, and you have leadership. You have a, a more united leadership, and so th- there's just some things. I wonder if that would
0: sure, yeah,
1: bring more engagement
0: uh, every uh, year, and as well as throughout the year. Um, I'm writing about the pro-life movement specifically, and and uh, especially around the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. I'll put out something again uh, this next week, and of course, we're doing this podcast now, Facebook Live, and so on. One of the things that uh, I've, I said this last semester, uh, while you were doing studies on Idaho, yeah. actually, um, I came up with a, a ten-point plan as to uh, my response in social media,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and one of the things that. Uh, the very first thing that I said was, I, I want to make sure that what I say in social media is what I want to be known for. Yeah. And then number nine was, I am unapologetically pro-freedom pro and pro-life. Mm-hmm. So it was fascinating to me to see people who follow me, uh, interact with me on a regular basis, who are not necessarily believers, yeah. but who appreciated the post because you were out front, mm-hmm. you stated what you believed, and you put a line in the sand, basically. So let's talk for a moment about that line in the sand issue and why that might be important to other people, even for those who Mm -hmm. might disagree uh, or come at this from a different point of view.
1: Well, I I mean, I definitely think um, calling things what they are is huge, right? That's part of why I think Trump had so much success is Mm -hmm. he just went out there and said what everyone was thinking, Mm -hmm. right? So one of the problems I think we've been having in the last couple decades with the pro-life movement is we haven't been calling murder, murder. Mm -hmm. And we've been saying, oh, we need to pity the victims and and calling women the victim, which I'm not saying in some cases they're not, but, you know, the majority, the majority of abortions are not rape-related, incest-related, any of that. It's purely selfish motivation, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we don't call abortion murder, call it what it is, then... Then there's a problem right there. We're not being, we're not in keeping with the scripture.
0: There's, a, yeah. there's actually going to be the title for this coming week's. Uh, uh, I won't be doing a truth in two, but I'm going to write an essay, mm-hmm. and that'll be the title. We're just going to call it what it is. Okay. We're just <laughs> right, going to call it that. murder. So yeah. <laughs> that'll be the pro-life, and and people will read that because of the title. They will. Yeah. Um, and it's sad that you have to get people's attention this way. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of transition our discussion into. The science of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because now we have all of these methods and means to see babies in the womb. Oh, yeah. uh, we see the heart beating, we see them moving, smiling, frowning. Uh,
1: we know they feel pain, we know all when the that. heartbeat comes. And then we have these videos also showing what abortion actually is, you know, tearing limb from limb. Right. And
0: so why yeah. so let's just talk for a moment and maybe maybe it'll be more of a preachment and a propositional <laughs> statement to everybody. But let's just be real honest about this. The hypocrisy of people who believe in science as the answer, who then turn a blind eye or literally turn their back to the issue of killing babies in the womb, when you see the science, Right. right in front of you.
1: Well, that was the big emphasis of the march this year. Okay. Is they were talking about, you know, the DNA and how the, the slogan was unique from day one. Okay. Um, because of that. Yes. Yeah. Because of just, you know, this overabundance of proof that this is not a clump of cells. Right. And... So
0: if you link this, everybody listening and watching, uh, either now or later on, if you link this with the Gosnell case, mm-hmm. and you begin to think about okay, we basically uh, sidestepped our responsibility, the media did not show up, NPR, New York Times, WAPO, all of those folks did not show up to cover this. Now we're talking about the science. So if you all wanna go after the science issues, in any, you know, pick a topic, pick a discipline, pick an academic sphere, and you're not willing to say what this is, which is murder, which is what we're discussing right now at this particular juncture. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm, guess I'm just calling you out I'm saying that you are a hypocrite for saying that you believe in science but you turn a blind eye to this issue
1: yeah.
0: so I guess you know there's that <laughs> there <we go. laughs> and, yeah. and, and I think it's important too to say uh, let's, let's make this comment the reason why I wanted uh, somebody to speak to the pro-life movement uh, the person that I wanted to speak to the pro-life movement is somebody like yourself who's mm-hmm. given to it but who's also a woman.
1: Right, yeah, and that surprises people a lot in school, on campus, right? They're like, how can you be pro woman?" In fact, I went to the Women's March, the day, it was the day after the March for Life Mm -hmm. last year in DC, and the way the women looked at me and and those with, your people, signs. with, with my signs. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my goodness! They couldn't like how dare you? And they would just yeah. yell in my face like, "Well, I've had four abortions, you know, and you can't take this from me." And just you know the craziest things. And and it was even worse for the men. There were some guys that came with us too, sure. and the women were like, "How dare you be here? Let alone hold those signs." Yeah. Um, right. And so yeah, they they really believe that that we are against women, right. even though we are women.
0: Right. And the hypocrisy of that. So, when we come back, we're going to take a one-song break. When we come back, we'll continue this discussion. For those of you who are on Facebook Live with us, we'll continue the discussion nonetheless. Uh, but you are listening to Warp and Wolf Radio, Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. One song, we'll be right back. Good stuff. So, I think that you holding this mic is messing with the sound. I mean, oh, is it? Oh, it's like, like okay. beating it up. Yeah, okay. So try to stay off the table as much as possible. Gotcha. I was, I was listening, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we're still on with everybody. Thanks, everybody, for staying with us here. Uh, grateful for uh, all of the waves and the comments and all of those good things. We had somebody listening from Finland, by the oh, way, yeah. HB. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, send out some love to us uh, from... From across the way. Told them to say hi to my friends in Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, that's my that's my you that's my little private state. I don't know where oh, yeah. they came from, but Bangladesh love jumbo lovers. <laughs> that's hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, that is mm-hmm. good. For
1: some reason I've been making a bunch of friends from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. It's just we have some connection there. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: never know. I had students from four different African countries this um, this fall in my PhD course. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see if I can remember them all. Nigeria, Uganda, Zimbabwe, and I guess it was three. So those are the three countries and folks that were really invested in, you know, study. And just as a, as a side note, uh, comment. Um, hey, Don, thanks for your good comments here this morning. Uh, just as a side note comment here uh, about the African continent. Uh, I was really fascinated by some of the statements of of my students as we were discussing why it was important for them to get a Ph.D. Hmm. And uh, when they were asking me, you know, should we really go through this because it's so hard and it's difficult and, you know, it's such a distance and all the rest, uh, my response to them was uh, once you earn your Ph.D., you will change Africa for the next 100 years. And my point in saying that is because there are so few people who are doing this very difficult academic work are then in a place where not many people have done this difficult work not because they may not want to necessarily but because they haven't had the opportunities so uh, you never know what might come with these kinds of connections <laughs> bangladesh or you know nigeria or any other place yeah. you
1: never
0: know <laughs> hey tim judy thanks for uh, giving us a shout out here this morning glad you're, you're joining us thanks for uh, all of your likes and loves here, uh, not only on this particular show and on this station, but on the Facebook page as well. Uh, family says hello, by the way. Uh, Tyler, Chelsea, Robin, everybody's doing good. And I see all good things from y'all uh, going up over, over there. So keep up the good work with your family. Looking forward to uh, the connections here in the future. Other comments here this morning. Uh, Nicholas, oh, from Uganda. So good. So good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Uh, We're grateful for your comment. Glad you're joining us and uh, hope you appreciated my comment about changing Africa for the next 100 years. You know, we we really do believe that advanced degrees make a huge difference in any culture. And certainly from a Christian point of view, uh, we're really grateful for your participation at uh, LBC and Kevin. Uh, Yeah, Kevin, here is the leader of the PhD program in Lancaster. Amen to the comment and encouragement to Africans earning a PhD. Absolutely, brother. I'm right there with you. Uh, We encourage everybody all the time about such things, uh, certainly on the radio show, throughout Facebook, individually, Gmail, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we We are all about LBC. Really grateful for the good PhD work that you're all doing out there, Kevin. And frankly, thank you again for always inviting me to teach there. I'm, I am grateful for that. Uh, Polly says, Kelsey Elmore represents our future. Are we investing in our young people? So proud of this young woman. So we're grateful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Polly, for your good thoughts here this morning. And for those of you who uh, are wondering why I have to keep putting glasses on, these are old eyes. So uh, they've read millions and millions of pages of whatever. Uh, so that's the reason why we we keep putting them on and off here. Um, otherwise, uh, maybe we should get the LASIK thing done. I don't know. There's that. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's that opportunity. So uh, where should we go here in the second segment of our uh, of our show interview? Think about that and think yeah. about directions that you might like to go. I would like to talk a little bit more about the numbers. Okay. And uh, this is something for the last, I don't know how many, five, six years I've been on social mm-hmm. media, whatever, um, I'm always posting those pictures, these huge crowds in D.C.
1: Oh, yeah. And they're not covered either. You know, the, same right. way, the Gosnell case isn't covered. Right.
0: I think... Neither
1: one, is that one. We had half a million people last year. Nobody knew that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, my comment to everybody is, is always the same, and I, and I actually call out the media on this. Um, I want you to know that... Um, You know, you're hypocrites for not uh, for not saying anything about these huge gatherings. You've got a hundred, you've got half a million people there, and you don't say word one about this. You got 20 people that show up with your agenda, and you're all about it, and you carry it on for weeks on end. Uh, So anyway, in in these years in the past, I've put up these pictures of these huge crowds, you know, and I'm basically saying to everybody, how come we don't hear about this? And since y'all aren't reporting on it, I will. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Keep doing that. Keep yeah. doing that. Yeah. No, it's crazy because you can go back and see the video, and it's like thirty seconds. A yeah.
0: time. Uh, what do you call it? In, in, time lapse. Time lapse. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it just goes on and on. Even then, you know, yeah. it's like an eight ten minute video. It seems okay. like. Okay. And um, but yeah, it, it just got very very little coverage as usual. And then the women's march the next day, it was like a fraction. Sure. You know, they didn't even they didn't even march. They just stayed on, on the.
0: And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio, Radio RadioNext.tv, at the Cool Groove site. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Uh, Don. Thanks again for your good words and for everybody waving to us, Victoria and others. All of those of you who I see your little, uh, your little circular signs in the top right-hand corner of my Facebook page. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, We're back with Kelsey Elmore, who has just returned from Chicago in a pro-life march. Uh, there in Chicago. This is a Pro-Life Wednesday edition of Warp and Woof Radio. Uh, We were talking off air, though, on Facebook Live about how uh, one of the things that I consistently say in social media is that I'm pro-freedom and pro-life, and uh, that's unapologetic. We constantly emphasize those kinds of things. So we're going to bring it back in uh, between myself and Kelsey and talk a little bit more about her experiences, as well as uh, some of the specifics that deal with this. So we were, just before break, we were just uh, talking about how the women treated you at the Women's March. Yeah. And this just is shameful to me. Uh, So (laughs) let's talk a little bit more about that. How did you feel uh, as a woman being upbraided by other women when you have a different point of view?
1: Right. Um. It honestly, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, it was so there. It, what I say is, the the March for Life just had this like hopeful, uh, almost happiness. You know, mm-hmm. it was still sad, but like we were happy because like look at all these people that have yeah. come, and, and this just really encourages us. Um, and then the, the Women's March was so full of hate yes. and unhappiness yes. and and bitterness. I probably mm-hmm. bitterness is the biggest one. Um, and so, yeah, the way the women would come up and talk to me and just um, try to either justify their abortion or not even that, just like uh, yell out, you know, like with pride mm-hmm. what they'd done, mm-hmm. you know, had, having, you know, more than one. Yes. And, um, and then a bunch of other women came to me and said, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just, a, you know, a kid. Um, there was that. <laughs> um. And then the way they treated the other guys that came with us mm-hmm. in the group um, was just horrible. I mean, right. really horrible. And women, you know, they're, so part of the women's march, you know, is being dressed many times very um, revealingly, you know. And they sure. would just go right up to the guys, like, yeah. You know. Um, and it was just... It, the other thing was weird, too. It was just so, like, disconnected. Like, there were just people there for a hundred different mm-hmm. things. They didn't really yeah. have one.
0: There wasn't one goal There wasn't really them.
1: one goal, yeah. Okay.
0: So. This is, uh, and thank you, Gene, for your good comments here this morning. I wanted to give a shout-out to you this morning. Thanks for watching. do appreciate it immensely. Uh, the kinds of things that um, I see on a regular basis, and not just on social media, but from people generally uh, in the academy in Hollywood, especially in Hollywood, uh, the hatefulness,
1: yes, and
0: the wrath, yes, and there is no sense of decorum. There is no sense of um, you know we'll let let and let be and let live kind of thing. Uh, none of that. It is if you don't agree with us then we ostracize you, uh, we polarize you, we put you off in the corner, you have nothing to say.
1: I mean, we really felt like we had to, we would congregate those pro-life people, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of create the circle with the signs outside of us, because, I mean, you you just didn't know. You
0: didn't know about violence that might be... You didn't know
1: what would happen.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and there is that, you know, if if we were talking in the first segment about the Gosnell case... If we are uh, allowing the violence against those who cannot protect themselves—unborn children—why is it then that we, as adults, and in your particular case, in the D.C. event at the March for Women, felt as if you had to protect yourself physically from people who might hurt you? I mean, there, there is so much wrong with this yeah. that you know uh, thinking people would actually have to uh, accede to it, but. Let's let's talk about that for just a moment. Second Corinthians four four says this mm-hmm. that the angel of light has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. Right. And so the hatefulness that we see comes from our adversary, from the one who hates us. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also reminded of John chapter thirteen, where Jesus says they're gonna hate you, but they hated me first. Right. So don't forget that. Understand yeah. where this hatred and comes. And I think from.
1: people do. I think people do forget that because they don't interact with it. Right it's never so blatant, I feel like. On Facebook, yes, I will say on yeah. Facebook, the hate can be very blatant, mm-hmm. but in real life, right. we don't see it all that much, and so I think that's one of, you know, for it's such an impactful experience because you realize, oh my goodness, like, it's like Satan is here, um, yeah. but yeah, like, they, and, and they say they want freedom, and yet they're trying to block your signs, and mm-hmm. um, they're, so they're really not for freedom of, right. of speech or anything like that, and um, it was just really insightful. and
0: And that might be a, a topic for another show, actually. Uh, how, how does the freedom of speech issue actually show up in this mm-hmm. culture? Yeah. Uh, we should probably do something like that in the future. We have so many different issues to, to address on a regular basis. I was just talking with my friend Larry, who's going to come on and, and uh, this next month talk about Black History Month. And one of the things that we know for sure, if we, if anybody's following any stats at all about the pro-life movement, one of the key stats is how many black babies are aborted in relationship to the rest of the population. Uh, so it, isn't it like 60% of all abortions are from black children, is that is that correct?
1: Um no, it's thirty percent. Is it thirty um, okay. percent? But when you but when you think about that, well, depending on where it is. In some places, yes, it can be as much as sixty percent. But nationwide I I would think it's more like thirty percent. But when you think about the fact that blacks make up about thirteen percent of the population. There that's 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 it. that's one of the problems. And and in places I think it's New York City, there's more black babies aborted than are born. Okay. We're at that point um, and so, yeah, this is really, as much as, as it is saving the lives of unborn babies, it's also, in some respect, I think, trying to save African-American culture, you right. know? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, this is, by, by itself, ought to be an issue of justice, uh, where people are actually speaking out on this. So, uh, one of the things that I uh, have a discussion with, with, with my black friends, uh, depending as if it's in the academy or just in social circles as friends, uh, we talk about the necessity of linking life and justice issues. Mm-hmm. So if you want to link life and justice issues, here's the perfect place to do that. You know, so here you have these, these little babies who can't defend themselves who literally are being wiped out uh, in a culture. And to your point, uh, literally taking out a, a cultural heritage mm-hmm. that needs to be uh, preeminent, uh, certainly if in any day this day.
1: Right. So it's happening in the black community and in the Hispanic community. Yes. Um, those are, you know, because it um, you'll find that abortion clinics are usually, you know, if not inside, very close to a black or Hispanic neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the primary um, yes. clients. And
0: the sadness of this, and I, I know that I have uh, people that might actually be watching this who are in disagreement with uh, this particular position we are taking today, uh, which by the way is unapologetic, Uh, we are not going to apologize for this in any way, but I I wanted to say that uh, for those who think that somehow a pro-life position is only pro-life at birth and that doesn't extend beyond birth, you have not uh, been with people who have spent their lifetime giving To young women and young children and young families that are in desperate need of help in every way that the help might be given. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are Christians uh, invested and involved in the pro life movement.
1: And interested in adoption. And
0: this is, see, now this, see, the woman is just automatically (laughs) thinking my thoughts after me now. Let's talk about the issue of adoption because this really is a a preeminent concern for us uh, when we think about. Uh, taking care of those who cannot take care of themselves so talk a little bit about your experience in terms of the adoption issue as it relates to the pro-life movement
1: well so one of the biggest one of the biggest things I hear when I talk to people about pro-life is that well basically they say abortion is better than to put them into foster care or or, you know give them up for adoption Um, that's the common argument I get and Yes, I agree foster care is not great and that adoption is still hard, but there are so many people out there that want these babies. Mm -hmm. And, like, you'll see many people who stand outside the abortion clinics have the sign that says, I will adopt your baby, right? Mm. And they're not kidding. They're not kidding. They're not kidding. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, there's, there's that. And I think we need more people, specifically, like, instead of adopting outside of America, like, s- still, you know, it's great to do that, but also be thinking about, well, what can I do for the, the kids here, right. you know, because there's not a lot of countries outside of America that are adopting American babies, Right. and so... Um, that,
0: that's a real important yeah. point to make, uh, that our adoption agencies are full of, uh, of desperate need uh, needing yeah. children. Uh, So, the issue of adoption is one that goes hand-in-hand with the issue of a pro-life perspective. Uh, We are grateful for all of the foster care groups around the city, around the nation uh, that are invested in the lives of young uh, families, young women, young children, uh, finding them homes uh, when the uh, child is actually brought to term, and we're grateful uh, for all of those uh, folks who are invested in that way. Let's go back to something that normally I lead with, okay. uh, but let's talk about it uh, in this particular segment, and that is the issue of why we are pro-life. So let's go all the way back to Genesis, shall we? Okay. And uh, let's talk about that, the necessity of understanding uh, being made in God's image. When when I say that phrase to you, what's your first thought? Being made in the image of God.
1: Um. You know, being made in the image of God comes with a dignity mm. and a responsibility from other people yes. to take care of you mm. and help you continue to grow in the image of God. Because there, there's two ways you can go, right? You can you can continue to grow in the image of God and, um, you know, you come to Christ and, and you continue to grow from that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you go back the other way, right you know? um, and so the image of God has, you know, a spiritual sense as well as physical. But, um, yeah, we say that humanity is the most important. Um, animals are great. The plants are great. But at the end of the day, it's people that we care about most.
0: Right. So it's it's people who are going to take care of creation. It's people who are going to take care of uh, animals, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just go back to, to a little bit of history and highlight what might have been better for us in the past and... 50 plus years ago, mm-hmm. uh, back in the 1960s, the people who should have spoken out most heartily for women as a, as a pro-women position mm-hmm. should have been the church, but of course the church didn't do its job in that sense of things. Yeah. And so while, uh, you know, you come now to 1973 and the Roe v. Wade decision, one of the things I wonder uh, sometimes historically is mm-hmm. this connection, the loss of appreciation and uh, a desire to make sure that there's an equality between gender mm-hmm. uh, issues as it relates to the to the issue of, of abortion. I wonder how those things might have gone hand in hand.
1: Yeah. I mean, what, going back to the church, though, real quick. It's yeah, like, go ahead. Um, I still feel like there's a huge lack of church involvement. Right. Right. It's a lot of more parachurch ministries. Yes. And, like, um, I was lucky enough to go to a church Maybe a year ago um, that did preach on abortion, but I couldn't tell you of a sermon I heard previous to that. Okay, and I would say that's for a lot of a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. that, it's not being preached about um, in the church, you know, and people don't really, and so they don't really know what their responsibility is. Right, um, you know, as you know, trying to help with you know, take care of life and um, right. respecting the, the dignity
0: of it. So if we really want to talk about civil rights, if we really want to talk about human rights, it really needs we need to talk about this at the birth, oh, uh, yeah. much less even before this, of course, at conception. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you might think about uh, the issue of uh, conception and when life begins, uh, we certainly know that it begins uh, <laughs> and that the heart starts beating uh, right. within days mm-hmm. uh, of this uh, gestation. And so uh, that's that's really a, a clear statement here. Yeah, I mean,
1: you think about when the Holy Spirit told Mary about, you know, Jesus, is, when she, he said, you know, you are now carrying the Son of God, but, like, yeah. you know, he was saying right then and there. Right. And um, not, you will birth Jesus. It's like, no, like, he's in your womb now. He
0: and... is there now, yeah. yeah. Uh, one, of, uh, one of my favorite people in the world has just connected with us, Nate Sharp, who... Actually, now teaches in the same room that I taught in, and at Lenaway Christian School in Adrian, Michigan. He teaches in the room that I taught in for ten years. So he's just uh, reached out to us this morning. No school on a nice day. He says, "You've knitted me together in my mother's womb." It's hard to believe in a creator and say abortion is okay. Thanks for your work getting to watch because of no school on a nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Nate, uh, for your good word here today, and appreciate. Uh, the comments that you give uh, everybody here, everybody that's waving, everybody that's watching here, uh, we're grateful for all of these uh, connections with us this morning. As we think about this uh, abortion issue, and we're coming down uh, toward the end of our hour here, in the next seven minutes, eight minutes or so, will be the close of our show for the day. Uh, Let's think about some of the things that we want to make sure that people walk away from this podcast with. What are the things that... uh, for sure, we want to be able to say to people, look, these are very simple steps. These are very simple ways for you to participate, to get involved, uh, to maybe make a statement at one, at one point or another. What do you think we should be saying?
1: Um, well, I will say more advertising here, that the the March for Life in Indianapolis is this coming Monday. Okay. Um,
0: and do you, can you tell us what time it is?
1: I believe it's at noon. At
0: noon. So the Right to Life uh, March here in Indianapolis at noon this coming Monday.
1: Um, You know, like I said, it's not, you know, it may be changing hearts and minds. We never know. um, But I think it really can change yours. Yes. And make you um, really realize... Uh, more about what's going on, more about who's involved and, and what we're trying to accomplish. So try to go to that if you can. Um, the other thing is always prayer, uh, mm. always prayer. Don't, don't forget about abortion when you pray. Um, and then, I, I, the, the term is so cliche, like find ways to get involved, but um, I do, like I said, I do think we need better strategies. And I think we need more people involved who are, you know, who are brilliant, who have been educated. Like right now, um, you you don't see a lot of of doctors, um, uh, you know, engineers. You know, these people um, really involved, like they could be, um, Mm -hmm. especially those, you know, in the church. Um, If there were ways that we could try to come up with strategies that people really think will right. work.
0: So we need the wisdom of age, we and we need <laughs> uh, the energy of youth right here. we'll uh, <laughs> come so... up with the
1: ideas, we'll do the
0: work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm grateful to be able to encourage young people like yourself to uh, who go out and do these kinds of things, and we'll stand and march with you as well. I think all of that is important. Yeah. So uh, let me just let's say a couple of things about social media connections. <laughs> Uh, and for those, all of those of you who are going to make statements uh, on MLK Day, this upcoming anniversary or celebration of Martin Luther King Jr., okay. let's not forget to tie this directly to the pro-life movement. Sure. If you truly believe in civil rights, uh, and certainly uh, MLK stands as the epitome of this uh, in our culture, uh, he also was very pro-life, and so we need to make sure that we uh, join these two uh, issues mm-hmm. together as we speak about this on social media. And speaking of social media, let's talk about the importance of actually saying something on social media. (laughs) Shall we about that?
1: I, you really, I know it can it can be hard the first couple times. I know, like when I put things out there about uh, against abortion, you know, I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, you know. And this is, and you know, it's a social media platform. Your employers might check it. Yep. um, We know that. We know that. Um, And yet, that still doesn't mean you should really hide such an important issue and what you believe about it. Right. Um, So, you know, it might be hard the first couple times. (laughs) You won't know what to expect from some of your friends, maybe, because you haven't talked to them about the issue. But I really do think... you know, making that statement clear, calling it what it is, mm-hmm. and letting people know that you believe it, you know, is, is more encouraging. Um, it gets the word out. Again, it's more PR. You know, keep keeping abortion in the public public eye. Don't let them hide it. As hard as the media tries, mm-hmm. um, you know, Facebook is our platform. So. Right.
0: Yeah. And just as a comment about this, uh, make sure that you're checking out media platforms. I mentioned three uh, this morning, New York Times, WAPO, and NPR. If they're not uh, speaking to these issues, then uh, you need to call them out and you need to let them know, look, we're watching. Uh, We listen to you. We read your stuff. We don't always agree. Uh, We agree when we can. But here's an issue where you should be speaking out and should be making uh, noise about this, especially when you have half a million people uh, walking in Washington, D.C.
1: And, and then there's, you know, find those other, you know, lesser well-known organizations, too, that are really trying to speak out about it and give them support. Like, you know, there's End Abortion Now and um, Jeremiah's Wish and different things like that.
0: Okay, and remind us, let's talk about the movies one more time. For those who might not have heard us uh, talk about this at the beginning, we talked about The Gosnell Case was one of the movies that's going to actually be coming out on DVD soon, so mm-hmm. make sure to catch that, uh, Prime, Netflix, or uh, Redbox. Yep, and uh, I, your support. Yes, and tell us uh, again about the other film that might be uh, of interest to people.
1: Yep, there's Unplanned. Um, that's about a, and a a previous abortion doctor, I believe, a uh, doctor and nurse, who okay. um, you know, came around and, and changed her mind and now is really passionate about the pro-life movement. The other one is Roe v. Wade, and that's about the Roe v. Wade case.
0: Okay, very good. So be watching for those kinds of things, and I should say that this is... Uh, This isn't the kind of thing that we've just kind of jumped on a soapbox uh, one time and we're going to jump off. Uh, This is something that's near and dear to us. Uh, This is something that we will stand up and say, you know what, I I will agree to disagree with you on a lot of things, but not this one. This is something just so that everybody knows this. I've been talking about this and teaching this since the early 1980s when I first started teaching uh, in Christian schools, and uh, uh, certainly now in social media platforms we have a broader audience to make sure that that happens. So uh, any thought, final thoughts from you this morning uh, as, as it relates to the pro-life position, uh, adoption, uh, the marches, uh, any final thoughts?
1: Um, like I said, uh, I, think, I think we need to find some better strategies that people can get on board with. So okay. for people with ideas, you know, start throwing them out there. And the
0: ideas that you also brought forward about uh, groups that they can be involved with. Yeah. 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 right
1: to life. Get involved with groups that you see are, are you know, making progress, actually doing good work. And, um, yeah, I think that will really help.
0: It really will help. And for those uh, who have the opportunity, the time, uh, and the financial support, for, for, for instance, as well as the great love that you have uh, to adopt babies, to see them uh, through a lifetime, of generosity and grace. Um, we see this on a, on a regular basis. I mean, I'm, I'm even thinking, uh, being called to mind here by the spirit of uh, the movie Blindside, for instance. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about people who literally have been rescued in life mm-hmm. and have so much gratitude and thankfulness for what has gone on uh, because somebody else cared about them, yeah. these kinds of things ought to be trumpeted.
1: Right, that's true. And I did have a final thought. I thought of one. Good. <laughs> if we made pot legal so quickly, we can make abortion illegal just as fast. There
0: you go. You heard it here first. There we go. Somebody <laughs> make that bumper sticker. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.TV at the Cool Group site. We come to you every Wednesday morning. Now in our new format from 11 to 12 noon, we're grateful for you joining us. Thanks so much for those who've been listening and watching. We're going to catch up with the podcast later on. Uh, We'll archive this uh, video so that you can pick this up and see it anytime for those of you who are working right now, don't have the earbuds in at work, whatever the case might be. Thanks so much, Kelsey Elmore, for joining us here today. We're grateful for your presence. Happy
1: to be here.
0: Thank you so much. I'm going down to to IUPUI right now, talking to more community Institute students. And looking forward to the opportunity to be with them and talk with them about thinking Christianly about all things. Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNex.tv the Cool Group site. We'll see you next week.